Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents School of Humanity with Jason and Rachel Bowman, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome back to the podcast, School of Humanity. This is Jason and Rachel Bowman. This is episode 24. 24. Ooh, 24. Like Jack Bauer, 24. <laughs> No. Sorry. Already you've started. Answer I the mean, question. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Chloe. That's Well, who is that random person that just talked on the... I don't know. This is awkward. <laughs> I haven't been introduced yet. I apologize. <laughs> I'm not actually here yet. <laughs> we only brought him for sound effects, so we could just... <laughs> we, we have a special guest. It's Jack Bauer. It is <laughs> <laughs> Thomas LaPointe. Hello. And Joanna. Hello. Um, continue. What were you going to say? And we're excited to be back to talk about... We're not going to talk about 24. Darn it. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it's a great show. I do have great to say show. that he had the best job. I mean, it's, it's obviously very stressful. Yeah. I mean, he's saving the world every season. But he every only works, minute is he, literally like listen. He only works one stress. day a year. <laughs> I mean, it is literally <laughs> one day. It is twenty four hours. Yeah, that man is an so, American. Have they done a right. skit where it's twenty four, but it's a normal day? You know, he wakes up, brushes his teeth. <laughs> that was food. that was called the Lego Movie. I'm just I just kidding. would love that. Oh, yeah. I would really right. resonate with that. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And then, like, every time it, you, there's a break, you know, it, it spans off. It's, yeah. like, ticking. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason, actually, when he came over to break up with me when we were dating, that was how he, he came out. He told me, he said, I, I, have a, I have a very serious conversation to have with you. And, you know, it's important because I'm missing 24 right now. That, <laughs> that is literally that. what he I said. I literally said that, yeah. <laughs> You're going to hear that forever. I know. I <laughs> so, know. you know. Well, we see how that turned out. Yeah, that went really well. He, uh, he, <laughs> he tried. Four kids later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, talked for 20 minutes about whatever he talked about for 20 minutes. I don't think he actually ever said, like, I came over here to break up with you. He just talked for 20 minutes. And when he had stopped talking, I said, are you done? And he said, yes. And I said, do you want to go get a drink now? And he said, sure. And that was it. And now we have four kids. So, um, but his mom always says, Rachel never, like, if you, she said that if I would have, like, freaked out and been like, well, why doesn't this work? And, like, we can make this right, work. Right, right. That he would have been like, all right, Sweet. I'm going to go watch 24 now. So, <laughs> see you later. But, yeah. I think you were coming over to say that we should, I don't know, not. Well, yeah, I was about to go to dating. PA school and everything. So, sorry. Okay. Well, right. Anyway, sorry. So guys. let's reel us back in. <laughs> yeah, this never happens ever in in the school of humanity actual meetings that we have. Yeah, or on the podcast. Never get off. No subject. This is technically on subject because we are talking about husbands yeah, and wives. We were just about to discuss how Jack Bauer uh, <laughs> really epitomizes masculinity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This I mean, is a 24 podcast. <laughs> Every single second of his Why life don't we have is the gift sound yeah. to America. Jack Bauer is total I gift can't. of self to America. Yeah. I can't. His, his bride. So, uh, so last time we were talking about how 
the uh, relationship between male and female is a reflection of the communal nature nature right mm-hmm. of the trinity wow <laughs> that is an amazing intro <laughs> yeah we should we should start every one of them just yeah. with that that timer we should have started this one with the timer anyway continue so the social construct yes so um uh, social construct <laughs> i don't i don't know what you're talking about um and what was the cliffhanger Ephesians, you're going to read it. Ephesians chapter 5 was the You almost started reading it, didn't you? Yeah. I I came really close. That's right. You said Ephesians 5, and then that was it. Ephesians 5 says, and then we were out of time. That's right. Mm -hmm. So let's read it this time. (laughs) So let's do a little bit of reading in Ephesians chapter 5. And uh, I'm going to start in verse 21. And I'm just going to keep going until the Spirit tells me to not stop. Not verse 24. You're starting in verse 21. Uh, Craig, not okay. verse 24. <laughs> We're going to get to 24, though. Okay, sounds good. So the heading in this is wives and husbands, which is particularly relevant to our topic today. <laughs> be subordinate to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives should be subordinate to their husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of his wife, just as Christ is the head of the church, he himself the savior of the body. As the church is subordinate to Christ, so wives should be subordinate to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and handed himself over for her to sanctify, to sanctify her, cleansing her by the bath of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. So also, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one hates his own flesh, but rather nourishes and cherishes it, even as Christ does the church, because we are all members of his body. Beautiful. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you for that. So, as we were saying last week when the uh, when the episode ended, not 24 <laughs> of the podcast, this is, this is the weekend of, of the year, uh, the liturgical year, when this, this passage uh, is in the, is in the, uh, the readings. And uh, again, you know, the, the, the priest will always mention in his homily about he, how he sees husbands elbowing their wives, right. you know, be subordinate and, and, and whatnot. Jason's never elbowed me. I mean, that wouldn't be a great idea. So No. That sounds like a very dumb idea. <laughs> you may want to plead the fifth here. Right. <laughs> in the spirit of 24. Um, but we, 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 see, we hear this passage and, and we think it's very passe. It's, it's very uh, old-fashioned. It, it doesn't really fit in our worldview today. Um, but I think when we really try to understand what it's actually saying, you know, we, we might view it differently. So, so the, the new American Bible is the, uh, translation that I'm reading from, but other translations will say, um, not, instead of the word subordinate, it will say the word submissive, which I think is, is a little bit more revealing and, and maybe more in line with uh, what we're, 
which what we're trying to get at Do here. They say that a lot in Alabama. Submit woman is that something that's, <laughs> that's a common in wow. some parts. <laughs> some parts maybe. of Alabama. Um, There's some parts of Northern Florida where I know that that is said, so it's fine. Northern Florida really is just they extra do, South yeah, Alabama. Yeah, they do call though. they do call Northern Florida L.A. for Lower Alabama, so it's fine. <laughs> so sorry. It's anyway. Okay. But anyway, um, when we break down the word submissive, uh, you'll find that it has Latin roots. So sub being under, and then mission is based on the Latin word missio, which is mission. So when you, when you think of the word submission, it's actually to be under the mission. So wives are called to be under the mission of their husband. Well, what is the mission of their husband? Their mission of their husband is to pour themselves out entirely for the good of the wife and, and essentially to get the, his bride and his children to heaven. Right. Yeah. When, you, when you look at it that way, it's really not that controversial at all. No. Right? Wives are called to support their husband's mission, which is to get them to, he- to heaven. Right. Yeah. yeah well, That's that, really not going to be like an argument that we have or just like, I'm trying to get you to heaven. And I'm like, no, I, I do it. By myself. <laughs> so once we really try to understand the context here and, and you know, we step aside from literalism, we, we really, this is something that's actually quite beautiful and not, not right. really controversial at all because, you know, husbands are called to make a total gift of themselves for the betterment of their spouse. Right. Right. And, and that's... Now we're starting to get at the heart of what masculinity is. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not this position of power. And one other thing I would like to point out is because we talk about leadership, and uh, our leader, our, our definition of leadership is this something something that has authority, but it also implies power. Right. I think when we get down to it, a better definition of when we talk about Christ, uh, leadership in the in the sense of Catholic or, you know, Christian leadership, we really mean servant leadership. Right. But servant leadership is something, if we were to view it in the Christian sense, is, is kind of redundant because in the Christian sense or the Catholic sense, leadership already implies uh, this spirit of service. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you lead somebody, it is, you, you are, you are a servant to them. So we think right. of, of, let's, you know, the, the Holy Father himself is, is chief servant. Right, he's you the know, servant of servants. Of the church, yes, yeah, he's a servant of servants. Title. And we need to really think of that. So when we say that the husband is head of the household, he's really the chief servant of the household. And it really flips this power dynamic that we have on its head. That's so yeah. good. Yeah. Do you guys remember the, the scripture quote that um, where Christ is talking to the disciples that really applies to this? Do you guys remember that? Probably not. Yeah, I, don't, pretty I don't ambiguous. have it quoted, but basically, um, I think it was when the disciples were disputing who would be the greatest. The you first shall be last and the last shall be first. Yeah. And he said something to the effect of, like, you know, the pagans or the Gentiles, their leaders lorded over. Yeah. Remember that? Right. That saying they right. lorded over. But I tell you that the greatest among you will be the the lowest, the servant, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, we see Which that all the time with beautiful. Jesus, right? Like washing of the feet, and how he takes care of people. It's always the other people first, right? Always. And the right. the very fact that he willingly went to the cross, right, for the good of 
his beloved, his bride, the church. Right. If that doesn't say it all, then I know. I don't know what does. Right. I mean, I say it a lot in the School of Humanity, uh, and I guess I, I think it's true for other people, but it doesn't dawn on you that the fact, but because we're so rooted in our errors, you know, but yeah. Christ has got to be the, the, um, the source from which all truth extends. Mm-hmm. Everything revolves around him. So if you want to know any truth about how something is, you have to look yeah. to Jesus. And so our notion of what power is, is false. Yeah. It's false. Well, it, I mean, God himself showed yeah. us that true power and true glory comes from self-emptying. Mm-hmm. So literally what we think of as power is, does not exist. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So our whole argument with male and female and that whole passage, Dichotomy. you know, the it's, it's absolute falseness. It's, uh, it doesn't even exist. This, you know, when we mm-hmm. feel that tension, like, women have to be submissive and all that. Christ has already shown us that submission is true power. Right. You know, he made himself a little... Wait. (laughs) Wait. He made himself (laughs) as an infant to be taken care of by his creation. He he literally lived his entire life for the sake of us and, and gave his entire life for us. So we... How can we say then that being submissive is anything other than power is anything right. other mm-hmm. than yeah. the beauty. And if we look to our lady, I don't know if this is where you were going to say, Joanna, cause I know you have something you're, you're <laughs> biting over there to say, which I can't wait to hear, but, um, is, you know, as the sort of archetype of the church, she was pers- perfectly submissive to the will. She's the first Christian, right? Yeah. She, she is li- the church. She is the church. She literally had to give her own son you know, up and willingly in her own heart of hearts, be willing to say that's okay, that he dies, you know. Um, Imagine how hard that would be for a mom. Um, But, uh, right, I mean, it's incredible to think about. Um, But literally to be under the same mission of the husband who is in the family, the icon of Christ, the head, is is the role of each of us as the church you know, in relation to Christ. So, I mean, we are all called to be submissio, you know, under the same mm-hmm. mission um, as the head, you know. Yeah. So. I think it's one of the great <clears throat> mysteries of God that for the world, Jesus really was the most powerless right. and the most helpless human being that's ever lived. He's folly to the, yes. uh, to the what did they say? He's folly to the Gentiles. He's stumbling block for the Jews. So it's, folly to the gym. it's completely twisted and warped and it's it's not just um catholics but i'm sure so many people across the world they see christ as this powerful figure and he did all these miracles and look how strong he is and yes okay he's god but that's that's not jesus not at all jesus right. is meek and humble Right. That is his heart. <clears throat> and his heart is pure and directed towards the other. Like it's always other focused. It's never right. um, egotistical. Mm. And so if we take that image, that's how men should be. Right. Right. And humble and focused on so helping awesome. others. That's the true strength of masculinity. Wow. And that's what's been twisted. Yeah. I mean, right. whenever um, Jason and I met, I remember 
afterwards, you know, talking to him about we we would talk about this a lot, like about meekness and and yeah. especially in the role of masculinity. Um, but Jason was has always been very meek, and a lot of people would look at that and say, "Oh, well, that's weakness." You know, that's passivity and that's weakness and that's not not something that is um, synonymous with masculinity. But but I used to tell him that he was also such so such a gift to the other that anytime that you're speaking with him, you feel like you're speaking like there's no one else. He's not talking to anybody. Else. There's no one else in the room. And I've, I've and I found that not just because I, I am his beloved, but that most people that speak with him find the same thing that when you talk with him it literally feels like there's nobody else there. Like he's not distracted by anybody else. He's just listening to you. Um, and, you know, I'd imagine that it would be the same way with, with Jesus. Jesus. You know, yeah. you could be like in, I just compared you with Jesus. I get like <laughs> a lot of points for that. If, if there's some sort I'm of like scoreboard literally humiliated over here. <laughs> you can say St. Joseph if you want the happy medium. <laughs> Thank you. Because okay. He so, was still a great, yes, great guy. He was. He right. was awesome guy. <laughs> That'd be um, more appropriate. So like St. Joseph, you know, right. that, um, you know, if he's in the marketplace trying to sell his goods and wear, right. Mm-hmm. Would that be correct? <laughs> Carpentry stuff. Carp- right. <laughs> and so, what we call but I mean, there's Alabama. all everything going on, but he would speak to you as if you, I think you're literally embodying, you know, that sort of being under the same uh, mission of your husband right now by, by, you know, supporting me. Are we competing right now? (laughs) No, no. I'm just saying, I mean, you always come Thomas and Joanna just get up and walk out of the room. They're like, I know, I know. (laughs) I mean, you literally always come to my aid, though. You always, you know, because it, it is an insecurity of mine um, and, and every man, I think, um, mm. who's striving for holiness. Whenever you're with, like, let's say a group of guys who are really into sports and they know all the stats and all that. And I personally have never been. I've I've always been an athlete, but I've never been right. one to watch sports. And so I'm Jason's uh, phone a friend in those situations. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, you would always, um, you know, point out to me that you've always said to me, oh, well, you're more of a man uh, than, all than, of those than guys they are. Right. Um, and, and so I, you know, I appreciate that always because it, it is, it's difficult to, um, truly live out that calling to be completely gift for you and for, um, for our kids. Um, and you always are there, um, to lift me up like that, which is beautiful. Um, this is that part in 24 when like someone would die because <laughs> <laughs> it's just been like a really emotional and sentimental right, moment. Right. So one of us would probably be put into the line of fire at that point. And then Jack Bauer would save us. Anyway, continue. Does anybody have anything right now? Cause I was thinking like one, one other thing that I wanted to bring out too was to talk about how, what in particular the penalty or the um, repercussions were for Adam and Eve because of their sin in the garden. I think that that draws out Mm -hmm. um, the antithesis of what we're Are you bringing out your book of heresy? I, I, you know, I'm, I'm opening, I'm cracking open the university of Alabama pad folio (laughs) here. Take a look at my notes that I prepared for this show. It's true. This is real guys. Um, <laughs> Don't doubt this. <laughs> so, I'm glad you asked that question, Jason. Good, good. Because I think I think we see this happening 
all the time. I, I think there are some natural temptations that, that arise through our concupiscence as right. a result of original sin. And I think that... Okay, wait a minute. Concupiscence? You've been using these big words, Alabama. you gotta, you got to <laughs> define these for people. <laughs> concupiscence. <laughs> Could, could you use it in a sentence? Can I get the language of origin, please? Um, concupiscence is, I don't even know if I pronounced it right that time. Probably slurred it. It's our tendency towards sin that arises as a result of the distortion of original sin. As an right. English teacher, that is the correct definition. I wish we had a Thank spelling you. bee, like Bill. Don't ask me to spell it because I can't. Do we do we need to talk about the what that means like as far as the repercussions of? I love how you how you're like uh, having trying to have an aside right now, but you have a microphone. Continue. (laughs) If you would like to, like, well, well, one thing that I thought about was um, our passions become disordered, yeah, and sort of our intellect and will, which are the higher faculties of the soul, become instead of being the, the sort of pinnacle and, and directing our passions, mm-hmm. you know, they almost have become yes. almost submitted to our passions. Now. Right, and we've talked about the fact that, right. that you see that very clearly in children, mm-hmm. like before right. they, they're able to kind of be cognizant of their will and be right. cognizant of, of controlling themselves, that they, you don't give them a cookie, and I mean, there's World War Two. Right. I don't know if you guys have ever. I mean, but here at the Bullman House, it's 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 pretty much World War Two if you don't get a cookie, um, <laughs> like first thing in the morning. I think Gemma this morning woke up at six forty-five and asked for a chocolate chip cookie, and I said no, and she threw herself onto the couch like she was a sixteen-year-old teenage rational, girl. That's completely rational, Rachel. That's different. <laughs> I mean, that is and then looked pure at intellect. me with like tears in her eyes and was like, "I just need a cookie." Anyway, so I mean, that's. That's, right. you know, I would believe a result. <laughs> it's a cold beer for me, and I'm the same <laughs> way. <laughs> if that's denied of me, then <laughs> I'm just a mess. I know. It's a grandpa thing. Anyway. What, what, my, kind, of beer do you guys, what kind of beer do you, do you guys drink in Alabama? Is it Natty? Natty, natty Ice? Lights. Maybe no. Natty Ice. <laughs> Alabama has a pretty happening beer scene, oh, okay. craft beer scene, I will okay. say. Um okay. I haven't lived us. there in four years, but okay, I, I still want to say that. Okay. So. Do you have an accent when you go home? You um, do. I really hope a little bit. A yes, a little bit. Listen, because when I go home, which what used to be my home at some point in Crestview, Florida, which is part of LA, Baker, Alabama. Let's just say it's Baker. Baker. Okay. Sorry, it's Jeez. Baker. It's a neighbor of Crestview. You blink and you've driven past. Um, me. but it's, seriously, it's very small. We live 17 miles from the Alabama state line. Wow, very um, good. But when I have visited there, a um, little bit of country comes out. I we come home and Jason's always like, "You need to work on your <laughs> accent because it's coming out now." So, and when I used to work in PR all the time, I'd have to sound very like even killed. I couldn't right I couldn't go on on television and be like, "I'm here to talk about dogs." <laughs> so. It's interesting for me because my dad is from Enterprise, Alabama, <laughs> and my mom is from New York City. <laughs> <laughs> New York City. So it's really polar opposite. You right. can't really get any more different than that. That's, That's very Catholic of your family to do. It is. You know, it's according to the whole. So anyway. So anyway, we're, we're talking we? about we're talking about yes. um, Adam and yes. Eve. Yes. 
So here, here's how we, I think, see this perversion of these roles today. Uh, again, as a result of our concupiscence, as a result of original sin, you, you know how you, you have like the uh, kind of the dad in, in the sitcom, right? Like the, 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 the bumbling idiot character, right? The Homer Simpson right. or, or whatever. You have this, you see Don't. this very disconnected, aloof, um, and also lazy father, I think sometimes. So, so like right. the dad who just wants to escape and play golf or right. hide in the man cave. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. This, this very disconnected, disinterested figure this is, I think, the temptation that's out there is this, well, you know, I, I don't care about the, you know, the decor of the house or this or that or the other thing or what the kids are doing. I just want to go and, and and completely turn inwards upon myself and, um, you know, go to the golf course for a couple of hours or or go to the bar and stay out and not be home with the family. I don't want to be active and engaged and, and giving of myself, I just want to turn inward and, and kind of do my own thing. And correspondingly, I think there is a temptation for women to try to be the one who, you know, usurps the authority of the husband or the role of the husband. And they try to be the one who is calling all the shots and the one who's manipulating. And that's when I think right. it's a real big problem is when is when the manipulation games start you know, and that's that's the I think the natural I don't want to say tendencies, but I want to say temptations. Yeah. Right. Of the relationship. Right. 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 Because and so how would this parallel? So like Adam so because yeah. they, they definitely parallel with, with how the original sin yeah. mm-hmm. what what exactly did he say to Adam and Eve? Do you guys remember? Mm-hmm. I can flip open to it. Yeah, I think he said something to the effect of um it's something similar to the lording over, right? Like you right. will dominate. I think mm-hmm. is dominate yeah. is the word. It, it's, and uh, well, it's also a reflection of exactly yeah. what occurred. You know, their their punishment was fitting for yeah. their sin. Mm-hmm. So, right. Meaning that, go ahead, Joanna. So, if I recall correctly, which Thomas will hopefully find it rather quickly, God said to the man, "Your." Um, your punishment will be your work. Right. Your labor. Yes. And, uh, woman, you will have pain in childbirth. Right. Your husband will lord it over you. Like you will be dominated by your husband. And and you'll desire it. I think you will desire to be. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, It's three. Sorry. Genesis three, 16. I will intensify your toil and childbearing and pain. You shall bring forth children. Yet your urge shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Yeah, to the man he be said, fair. because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you shall eat its yield all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bear for you, and you shall eat the grass of the field. By the sweat of your brow you shall eat bread until you return to the ground from which you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. So I think we see these roles as the Lord intended where Adam is supposed to make this active gift of himself. He's supposed to be very engaged, active gift of himself to his wife. And Eve is supposed to take this feminine role of receptivity. And those are the phrases we haven't really mentioned yet, but receptivity Mm -hmm. is the essential 
posture. feminine yes. identity. Right. Yep. And when you have this uh, situation in the garden where Eve takes the apple, she's really flipping this idea of receptivity on its head, and now she's taking instead right. of receiving. Right. 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 But it wasn't Eve that had the first sin in being disobedient and eating the fruit, I say apple, but fruit, is, you know, we never specify. Adam was at her side when this happened. Right. He should have been protecting her. He should have smacked that fruit out of her hand so quick, <laughs> and he did not. Right. He, his, the first sin really then would have been a sin of omission on Adam's part right. of, yeah. of allowing this to happen, of allowing her to, <clears throat> to, to take this. Right. And yeah, uh, in the um, he was turned inward yeah. at that moment. Yeah, too, I think it, it exactly definitely yeah. in the in Genesis where it does say that he and Adam was near her. Like after she had, it, she had eaten of the tree. She said it says Adam was near her, and that word near there translates in Hebrew to elbow to elbow. Yeah, right. So he was definitely near her. The other thing that I always find interesting about this, which is kind of a little bit sorry off topic, is that she is not. Adam does not name her until after this has all happened. Yeah. I don't think this is me just guessing and it popped into my head. At that point, when Adam first sees Eve, he says, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. That's what I was thinking too. Continue. wouldn't need a name. A name because they were one. (laughs) Because they were one. They were together. There was no need for that separation. Right. Um, And then, of course, afterwards, there is, like, there's this kind of conflict now between men and women because of this concupiscence and this division and now we're clouded and we don't know our relationship to each other right and i think that's terrible but something that we have to understand right our identity has been shook which is always uh always how the enemy works and we've talked about that on this podcast where and that's that's basically what happened uh you know the temptation was you know, oh, the Lord, you know, no, he knows that you'll be like God if you eat from this. Well, you already were made in the image and likeness of God. He just challenged your identity and you fell. And that's how he always works. It's the same trick. And now that they have fallen, you know, the repercussions are huge because our dignity as human beings are so, is so uh, beautiful that the repercussions of us turning from God, I mean, literally, even the ground, even the earth suffered um, in the story. You, you recognize oh, that? Oh, so good. Um, so. There's so many things about Wonder Woman that I keep wanting <laughs> I to know. say out loud. I and was I just, thinking I don't, about that. I'll do it. Um, we should do just a podcast on, on Wonder, just Wonder, yeah, we Wonder Woman. We I would should. do that. I would sit here forever and talk to you guys about Wonder Woman. Me too. Speaking of Wonder Woman. Sorry. And speaking of talking about forever, is that we're out of time. Is that unbelievable? I mean, this is like the fastest 27, 32 (laughs) minutes ever. We're going to have like 80 part series on. um, If it took JP two years and years to write Theology of the Body, I think. It's okay. It's okay. It's true. And and podcast listener, you are enjoying this. Yeah, this is fun. They are, so. Anyone else? Any final thoughts? Do we have a cliffhanger for this week? Roll Tide. Un- 
unbelievable that you just did that. I can't even. I don't. That was well done. Snuck that one in there. What will we talk about next week? Well, I think that um, maybe what we can end on is just we we kind of ended on showing the repercussions of the sin, and which is kind of a negative tone, but. Christ and the church is a perfect example of the restoration of, you know, the dignity of, of who we right. are meant to be. Mm-hmm. And so, Which and because of they, the they incarnation, refer to, they refer to Christ and Mary as the second Eve, second Adam. Yeah. Right. Um, and, uh, Christ has even elevated us even higher and, um, we are called to be like him. So, and right. we can be, uh, so, Let's end on that note. (laughs) That is a much better note. So, God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us here on episode 24 of the School of Humanity. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. God bless you. God bless. Bye. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented School of Humanity with Jason and Rachel Bullman. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.